Is it impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all? In which case, you actually fail by default. Wow. Let's go. You have reached I'm Dealing With Broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Stay tuned as we talk about the topic of failed to purpose. Let's go. I'm Sean, your host. Welcome to another edition of the I'm Dealing With Broadcast. Reaching out and going to touch it. Yes. Okay. So anyway, we are going to be talking about fail to purpose on today. We've got a lot of things that we're really going to talk about in that many people through life, even maybe even yourself, maybe somebody that you know has gone through a particular time in their life where they've failed at something or they might be failing at in life as far as maybe a father, maybe as a husband maybe as an employee at getting a job, employment, building your business, and you're just going through this thing of, man, I mean, how do I do what it is that I need to do? Okay, so in today's segment, we will discuss the reasons as to why failing at something is inevitable when finding your purpose in life. Failures come not to sidestep or deter you, but to move you in the right direction as per J.K. Rowling. Okay, so you've kind of heard what I just listed in the very beginning of uh, the intro. Okay, so that was something that she kind of coined and we'll kind of go right into that a little bit later. But now we're going to talk about people who have failed before finding their purpose. Because if you think that you've had issues, if you've had struggles, you've had to sidestep a few things in life, I'm here to let you know you are not the only one. There has been many people who have failed over and over and time and time again until they found their purpose, until they found their niche, until they found exactly what they were really here to do and or that business that just decided to take off. They were in one area of a business and then ended up doing something else because they had to reinvent themselves and just kind of keep failing, keep Um, redoing some things over and over, changing and twerking, twerking, (laughs) not twerking, uh, tweaking a few things. God, I actually said twerking. Yeah, we don't want you twerking. (laughs) Okay. We don't want you twerking. Okay. So anyway, yes, sir. um, We're going to talk about the first person who um, I've tried a lot of different things and ended up Failing. And the first person is Sir James Dyson. Hmm. Who is Sir James Dyson? Let's find out. You know that frustrating feeling when you don't get something uh, done right the first on the first attempt? Well, guess what? Multiply that by 5,126 times because that's the number of failed prototypes Sir James Dyson went through over the course of 15 years. Whew. 15 years of trying to make something work before he created the epitome of vacuum cleaners, which we know now as Dyson, man, if you have a Dyson, if you checked on Dyson, 
Um, that business now has grown to a net worth of over $4.5 billion. But understand that he, Mr. James Dyson, failed 5,126 times prior to it coming into its own, before being accepted, before saying, oh, this is it. This is what I'm looking for. Imagine that. 5,126 times. Imagine that, okay? Um, so again, that's number one. The next one, um, Steven Spielberg. His cinematic output has grossed more than $9 billion and brought him three Academy Awards. But the master of the blockbuster was rejected twice by the University of Southern California School of Cinematic Arts. What? Did you know that? Did you know he was rejected? See, he was rejected. As their way of saying, oops, they later on decided to build a school in his honor. <laughs> Man, <laughs> wow. You know, when you think about it, we look at people that are on the upside right now. But we have to understand before they began, excuse me, before they entered into their upside where you see them now, there is a backside. Sometimes they were on the stage in front. Many times they were behind the curtain, failing and being rejected before coming into their own. Okay, so that was Steven Spielberg. Okay, next one. You already know this one. You already know this one. And if you don't know this one, where have you been hiding under a rock? <laughs> this one, Thomas Edison. Edison went on hold more than a th uh, to uh, present a thousand patents, including the phonograph, practical electric lamp. It said death most likely uh, spared his teachers the, <laughs> oh, the agony of their incorrect assessment <laughs> because he was testing them like crazy. But the thing about it is it took him a long time to come across what you see is electricity. Long time. A long time. Thomas Edison failed miserably several times before getting it right. Walt Disney, another one. Can you believe it? Walt Disney? Really? Let's find out. Can you imagine your childhood without Disney? Nah, I can't, you know. Well, it could easily have been if Walt Disney had listened to his former newspaper editor. The editor told Walt he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Now, how many of you right now are dealing with a situation where people have told you that you have no imagination, you have no ideas, and it's never going to work? Got an example right here. Um, said he, was, he had no good ideas. He, but Walt Disney being undeterred, the old Walt went on to create the cultural icon that bears his name, Disney. Okay, here's what he has to say. I think it's important to have good, hard failure when you're young because it makes you kind of aware of what can happen to you because of it. I never had any fear in my whole life when we've been near to collapse and all of that. I've never been afraid. That's what he says about failure. He looks at failure as something that is needed in order to grow and understand your potential when you do fail. That's an awesome segment. I mean, to know that. Next one, Albert Einstein. Who doesn't know Albert Einstein? Everybody knows that guy, right? or you've heard of him, read about him. His name is synonymous with intelligence, yet it, it wasn't always that way for Albert Einstein. As a child, he didn't start speaking until he was four. Wait, what? 
He didn't start speaking until the age of four. Hmm. Did you know that? So reading until he was even seven. He didn't start reading until seven and was thought to be mentally handicapped. Hmm. Many of you are being thought to be mentally handicapped, deranged, crazy, out of your mind. Maybe for dreaming the way that you're dreaming. Maybe for coming up with the ideas that you come up with. People go, that's never going to work. You're never going to be anything. Yeah, here's an example. He went on to win the Nobel Peace Prize and, al and alter the world's approach to physics. I guess he was just thinking of the right thing to say before those first four years. Took him four years to speak. Didn't start reading until the age of seven. And then people wrote him off. Yet, that dude was crazy smart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now, J.K. Rowling, who is that? Before there was a wizard, there was welfare. Rowling was a broke, depressed, divorced, single mother simultaneously writing a novel while studying. Now in uh, one of the richest women in the world, Rowling reflects on her early failures. It is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not lived at all. In which case, we fail by default. That is J.K. Rowling. Okay. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, another one. If you haven't heard of him, the guy's a genius in his uh, comedy approach. And uh, yeah, so let's talk about Jerry Seinfeld. Before the show about nothing, which was, you know, the show Seinfeld. Seinfeld was a young comedian on the stand-up circuit. His uh, first time on stage didn't go so well. On seeing the audience, he froze and was booed and jeered off stage. <laughs> wow, really? Jerry Seinfeld booed? But then I can understand because this comedy is kind of a little offish to a point, but he's funny as heck. I know I'm laugh. I always laugh. His choices, pack it in and accept comedy isn't the, his thing or return to the same stage the following night and have the audience in hysterics. He opted for the latter and went on to become the, one of the world's most successful comedians of all time. And do you know that he is still getting money on every episode of Seinfeld when it airs? Because that's the way he plotted out a lot of his negotiations. Do you know that he has money wrapped up in things that he's a part of a lot of different things? But imagine back in the day, he wasn't good enough. Of course, that's what everybody thought. But look at where he's at now. OK, another one, Oprah Winfrey. Everybody knows Oprah, right? She's a billionaire with her own TV channel. And he penchant for giving away cars. But Oprah Winfrey was fired from her first TV job as an anchor in Baltimore. Now, many of you might be going through a situation where it's where you've been fired, you've been laid off. And we know with this pandemic, there's a lot of people right now that are struggling, that are struggling trying to figure out how am I going to make it? If I'm going to make it, is things ever going to happen? Am I ever going to blow up? If things going to really ever work out for me? And you wonder about that. And I'm here to let you know, it can work out for your good because in 2013, Oprah reflected on her experiences during a Harvard commencement speech. And she said this, I believe there's no such thing as failure. Failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. 
However, creating your own TV channel is a sure way to never get fired again. Wow. So if there's no such thing as failure, then failure is just a, a way of moving you in another direction. Hmm. So it seems as though that in order to understand failure, then the first thing we have to do is have a mindset change of how we look at failure, how we look at struggle, how we look at obstacles in our way. It starts in the mind because if we don't change our mind, nothing re that we do moving forward is ever going to help us. OK, so uh, think about that. OK, Theodore Seuss Geisel, OK, or Geisel, however you want to pronounce that. Who is this guy? Let's find out. Known to generations as Dr. Seuss. Yep, that's this guy. The much loved children's author had his first book rejected by 27 different publishers. Maybe you're a book person right now. You're a writer, a publisher. You have a, a screenplay or you're trying to do some type of movie or whatever that is. And you've been rejected over and over and over and over and over and over again. Well, this guy rejected 27 times by 27 different publishers. His books that weren't good enough for these publishers went on to sell more than 600 million copies worldwide. Wow. Even though he was originally rejected. Many of us have been rejected, rejected by people, rejected by men, rejected by women, rejected by jobs, rejected by society. May eat, uh, might even been your church, your, your place of worship. But I'm here to let you know you can move on to be worth so much more if you don't give in to what you hear, but you heed to what you know. No one is in the mind. What you hear is in the ears. Change the mind. Know who you are. Know your worth. And keep on moving. All right. Keep it pushing. All right. The next one. We all know this guy, right? We all know this guy. We know him. And his name, Michael Jordan said either he is part of the greatest high school roster of all time or his coach made a huge mistake in Michael Jordan uh, being cut from his high school basketball team. What? Michael Jordan was cut from a high school basketball team? Yepper, he was cut like from the basketball team. Why? They didn't think he could cut the mustard. Well, guess what? Now, six championships and five MVPs later, George became arguably the best, greatest basketball player of all time. Jordan famously said this quote, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot and I missed. I have failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Ooh, mind blown right there with what he just said. He says he's failed over and over and over time and time and time again. But that is the reason why I succeed. Because he understands that failure is inevitable. It's the making of us. It's the proving of us. It's making us better to become something more. Failure happens, but it's a mind change that takes us to the next level, right? A mind change. A mind change. All right. Henry Ford. Who doesn't know Henry Ford? Okay. While Ford is today known for his innovative assembly line and American made cars, he wasn't an instant success. In fact, his early business failed. Mm? 
Yes, Henry Ford failed and left him broke five times before he founded successful Ford Motor Company. Yep, he failed. And I remember there was a history um, thing that I watched on, I believe it was YouTube or ESPN, where he created the Ford GT that went to Le Mans to go head to head with Ferrari. And you know how many times they failed over and over and over again. But eventually Ford won the Le Mans against the Ferrari. So, yes, failure happens. You're not going to always hit a home run the first time out. Sometimes you're going to strike out. Sometimes you're going to um, get walked. Sometimes you're going to hit a slider. Sometimes you're going to um, get the first base. Sometimes second. You may hit a double. Sometimes you may hit a triple. But eventually you're going to get to the home run. Okay? So don't always think you're going to hit a home run first time out. All right. This one, I'm gonna, I'll probably mess up this name. But it, you don't know him, but you know the brand. Siajiro Honda. <laughs> you knew the last name, right? There's a billion dollar business that is Honda began with a series of failures and fortunate turns of luck. Honda was turned down by Toyota Motor Corporation for a job. Wait. So if he was hired, there would have never been a Honda. He went to. <laughs> I'm just going to hold on. Think about that. Drink some coffee here. This dude named Honda went to Toyota to look for a job and got turned down for a job. <laughs> Man. So if he got hired once again, there would have never been a Honda or Acura for that matter. <laughs> Interesting. So he's turned down by Honda Toyota Corporation for a job after interviewing uh, as an engineer, leaving him jobless for quite some time. He started making scooters of his own at home and spurred by his neighbors, finally started his own business that later became Honda. Wow. 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 Because he was turned down. He said no. How many people have ever said no to you? How many people have ever said, nah, we're good. They've done your background check, said, nah, you don't have it. They've done a credit check and said, nah, you're not worth it. You don't have the net worth. You don't have the bank account. You don't have the status. You don't have the education level. You don't have the linguistics of what we need in order to bring you in. How many people have said, no, you don't have the writing skills? They turned you down. The reason you've been turned down is maybe, just maybe, you need to go at it alone. Hmm? Aha, aha. <laughs> Not coming to America. Aha. Okay, all right, so the next one Akio Morita. Uh, I don't know who the, who the guy is. Well, let's find out who this guy is. You may have not heard of Morita, but you've undoubtedly heard of his company, Sony. Oh, now I know. Sony. Sony's first pro uh, product was a rice cooker that unfortunately didn't cook rice so much as it burnt it. <laughs> God. You build a rice cooker and all it does is burn rice, not cook rice, right? It says selling less than 100 units. Wow. But... 
This set first setback didn't stop Marita and his partners as they pushed forward to create a multi-billion dollar company because it could have easily said, you know what? We've taken a loss. We've tried to create this. It's burning stuff. We've only sold 100 units. You know what? Let's just close the door. Let's close up shop. We're done. But they soldiered on. And many of you content creators, those of you that are in photography, are using Sony cameras, Sony camcorders. You look at all the reality shows that have the Sony 4K cameras around and all that. But what if they would have stopped at the rice cooker? Okay? If they would have stopped. Excuse me. The next one, Harlan David Sanders. Who's that guy? Harlan. Harley Davidson? No, no, that's not that guy. Let's see. Let's see who this Harlan David dude is. Perhaps better known as Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Sanders had a hard time selling his chicken at first. In fact, his famous secret chicken recipe was rejected 1,009 times before a restaurant accepted it. 1,009 times. One thousand nine times of being rejected as being said no as being told go home don't come back we're done one thousand nine times you're not worth it you don't look right you're not the part you don't fit the part you don't dress the part you don't act right one thousand nine times hmm better known as Colonel Samler was 62 when he franchised Kentucky Fried Chicken 62 years old when he franchised Kentucky Fried Chicken in 1952 which was sold for two million dollars 12, uh, 12 years later previous jobs that uh, Harlan had prior to Kentucky before coming up with a chicken recipe before doing all that here's what he did before that he was a country lawyer, he was a gas station operator, and he was a railroad, railroad worker. Hmm, all way beforehand. And then now, 62 years old. What? It's never too late. It just comes to show you, it's never too late. Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, yeah, we're going to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Orville and Wilbur Wright. Orville. Orville Redenbacher? The, the popcorn? No, 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 no. We're going to talk about Orville and Wilbur Wright. Hmm. Let's check out who they are. These brothers battled depression and family illness before starting a bicycle shop that would later lead them to experimenting with flight. Wait, what? Many of you are starting in one uh, format, one aspect of something or another. If you look at this right here, it talks about that they opened up a bicycle shop and later started experimenting with flight. Since when has a bicycle ever been associated with aeronautics? The two don't even match. But in this case, it did. Since after numerous attempts at creating flying machines, several years of hard work and tons of failed prototypes, failed prototypes, failed models, 
failed essays, failed reports, failed ideas, failed technology, failed attempts, several failed prototypes. The brothers finally created a plane that could get airborne and stay there. So they went from bicycles to planes, bicycles to planes and who they are. They're known as the Wright brothers. And I'm here to let you know that sometimes where you're going looks like it doesn't even match up with where you are. You may be broke now. You may be homeless now, but there's a millionaire status on you. You may be stuck now. You may be jobless now, but there's a education. There is creative. There's a creative something going on for you behind the scenes. Things don't look like they even go together, but I'm here to let you know that where you are has nothing to do with where you're going. And you need to be encouraged and know that, yeah, don't it don't look good right now. Ah, You don't know that, hey, my, my, my marriage is not working right now. But on the other side of this, maybe the two of you are so involved that now you're now uh, teaching other married families how to stick it out. Maybe you and your children aren't getting along right now, but later on, you're going to be launching a video or some type of content creation that shows families how to make it work, how to stick together, how to have good communication properties, because there's a lot of things right now that aren't matching up. Bicycles and aeronautics don't ever seem to match up, but I'm here to let you know in your life, though it doesn't look like it's going to match up. At the end of a thing, it's going to make sense. Sorry, let me get off my soapbox now. Just trying to encourage you. That's all. I'm just trying to encourage you. All right. Okay, so let's go to the next one. We all know who this is. Babe Ruth. You probably know Babe Ruth because of his home run record, 714 during his career. But along with all those home runs came a pretty hefty amount of strikeouts as well. <laughs> you want to know how many? 1,330 strikeouts. Like, you out. <laughs> Hit the bricks. Go sit down. <laughs> Have you been told to sit down a few times? Have you struck out at anything in your life? Okay, let me, I'm just going to stop right there because you know we can get right back into this dog. Okay, so anyway, so in fact, for decades, he held the record for, wait. <laughs> He held the record for strikeouts. Would you want to be the dude that holds the records for strikeouts? Would you want to be the woman who holds the record, the young man, the young girl that holds the record for strikeouts? Nobody wants to be held uh, um, and hold a record for strikeouts, be held for failures, a record for failures, known for the most failed attempts, known, known for the most divorces, known for the most romantic events, known for all this stuff. That's negative. But then when he was asked about this, he simply said this. Every strikeout brings me closer to the next home run. The mindset change. The mindset change. Okay. You got to have a mindset change. All right. So now we've talked about a whole lot of people who failed, but then later on got it back together. Now let's talk about those who change careers or trades midstream or later on in life. Number one, Jeff Bezos. We all know who Jeff Bezos is, right? 
Jeff Bezos had a lucrative career in computer science on Wall Street and took on top roles at various financial firms before transitioning to the world of e-commerce and launching Amazon at the age of 31 and now known as the world's richest man, the world's richest man, bar none, done. But he changed career. He did something new, started something new at the age of 31, changed, reinvented himself at the age of 31. Things can happen. Julia Child worked in advertising, media, and secret intelligence. What? Secret intelligence? Julia Child? I guess she did, right? Before writing her first cookbook when she was 50. Wait, she didn't write a cookbook till she was 50? Launching her new career as a celebrity chef in 1961. She went from advertising, media, secret intelligence, wrote a cookbook, and now a celebrity chef. Next one, Martha Stewart. You know who Martha Stewart is. You see all her stuff all over, right? Yeah. Martha Stewart was a full-time model until, what? Wait, a full-time model? I didn't even know that. She was a full-time model. As a 25-year-old mother, she found few modeling jobs coming her way. (laughs) She's a full-time model, 25 years old. She was a mother. And uh, it's hard to model when you're when you have children. I mean, trying to be a full time model. So she she wasn't getting a whole lot of gigs. That's what that that's what basically what that means. And many of you right now are not getting a lot of gigs. Hmm. Think about it. So after a five year stint as a Wall Street stockbroker. So then she went into stockbroking. All right. Stewart uh, turned her love of gourmet cooking and creative presentation into what is now a Martha Stewart living Omnimedia. Wow. She took something that she loved and grew it. And because that she enjoyed doing what she loved, it grew so much so that she's living off of it. Man. Okay. Next one. Vera Wang. Women know Vera Wang. <laughs> yeah, they do. They know for the shoes, they know for this, that, and the other. But before Vera Wang was into fashion, she was a figure skater and a journalist before entering into the fashion industry at the age of 40. So she was a figure skater and a journalist and didn't change and go into the next trade or the next career until the age of 40. It's not too late. Sarah Blakely, I'm like, who is um, Sarah Blakely? That, that was weird. I mean, I heard this name and I was just like, wait a minute. Uh, I don't know who that is. Let's find out. Sarah Blakely sold office products door to door for seven years in her 20s before her line slimming footless pantyhose launched to success in 2000. Wow. She quit her sales job at the age of 30 to run her company full time. She is now the billionaire (laughs) and the Spanx founder. And that's what she's known for Spanx. She went from obscurity to being put in the forefront. Wow. Wow. At the age of 30 changing. 
Ray Kroc spent his career as a milkshake device salesman before buying McDonald's at the age of 52 in 1954. He grew it into the world's biggest fast food tr- franchise. Man, at the age of 52. So basically from 16 or 18 to 52, it doesn't even talk about what he did. Doesn't talk about anything other than the fact that we know he was a milkshake device salesman. But from 52 on, he just grew something, just grew it. And many of you still go there or, you know, people who go there, your grandkids, your children go there. OK, <laughs> getting the Happy Meals and the McFlurries and all that stuff. OK. All right. Um, last one. Donald Fisher. Who's Donald Fisher? Who's this dude? Says Donald Fisher was 40 and had no experience in retail when he and his wife, Doris, opened up the first Gap store in San Francisco in 1969. Gap's clothes quickly became fashionable, and today the company is the world's largest clothing chain. One of the world's largest clothing chains. Why? He decided to do something different. I'm here to let you know, no matter what you think, no matter where you think you are, you can do something more. So just when you think life has taken the upper hand from you and begin to feel a little dejected. Just remember, it's not too late to change careers. Find your purpose and become the person who you are meant to be. I'm Sean, your host. Thank you for listening to the I'm Dealing With broadcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. Till then, be blessed.